Surprise, surprise, my dogs. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while, Joe. I hardly remember you, but the dogs are back. And we need to come up with a plan for the future because it feels like we are growing apart, mate. We're growing apart. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it's been hard to get to get this one uh, set up. I mean, we tried a few times, didn't we? But sometimes you were free and sometimes I was free and the other one was busy. But we're, but we're back and uh, yeah, and it's good to be back. It feels like ages since we last did one. Did you miss me? Yeah. <laughs> Did you? I've, I've, I've missed doing it. Yeah, I've missed doing it. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. I missed a couple of laughs. So how was the week then? Oh, I could say two weeks. Have you got any highs and lows? If you haven't got any highs and lows because you've been traveling out to Arizona, everything, then. Uh... Yeah. Surprisingly, I haven't really got any lows from the actual trip out here. It actually all went really smooth and like I actually felt pretty good. Um, so that wasn't really, I thought you'd, I'd have more stories from that. But um that was actually fine. Um, I did have a load from uh, Tuesday on race week. I went to do a last little brick session and uh, went to pick the pace up on a hill. And I felt, you know, the way you feel terrible. You just feel like you could hit the powers, but you just don't feel like you got much in the tank. Do you know what I mean? You know them days? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Felt like that. And I was like, this is pointless. Like, um, I'm not going to... Um, I'm not going to bother like digging myself a hole like I'm doing an Ironman in five days. And the annoying thing was, I was actually filming a YouTube video with Tyler for like the last session before the race and yeah and then had to fucking bail on the bike mate i was like mate i'm just gonna end up cruising in like i ain't got it today and i'm just gonna end up like you know digging too deep on a day yeah you know on race week so i was like uh unfortunately we're gonna have to sack it off and he said oh I suppose it's not gonna go on youtube then is it if uh, you're not gonna do it i said fuck it put it up mate we don't hide the highs and lows here we'd like to show it all so uh, yeah it is it is put it in without yeah, but that was uh, that was a bit of a low. Um, but I mean, uh, on the grand scheme of things, it's been uh, it's been all right. Um, highs wise, uh, my training actually has been going really well. Like in general, like I've actually been hitting some good sessions. So I'd say that's like a decent high. You know, going into the last race, um, I can't think of any specific stories off the top of my head though. Um, like, uh, what about you? Have you got any? But it's 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 good that you uh, that you are putting it on YouTube because it shows you uh, also the, the human side of Skipper, doesn't it? I mean, I know you've got a lot of <laughs> days where you feel shit and then you just cruise in, but if you've you've also got a lot of days where you like push it hard. But people always think that you that you always feel good when you're a professional, don't they? So um, yeah, and also yeah, it's, it's race week, so it's be it's better to back off a bit than uh, uh, over push it. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I've got a proper low, mate. Got a proper low. What's your proper low? So, um, are you, by the way, in an airfield or something? I can hear the planes coming and going. I know, mate. I know. I, I, like, I, they literally have just started to like come more and more frequently since we've been doing this. I must be over a flight path or something. Um, because how yeah, do you the, uh, how I, do you just... how do you manage to always fuck this up? It's either the dog. So he flew all his way to Arizona, and he could record a podcast anywhere. He decides to sit in the middle of a flight path on a balcony uh, on his on his hotel room. Can you can you take us yeah, in your parents are, Take us away, Joe. My What's parents happening? are inside. We're all well. We're all sharing an apartment. Me and my parents, and they're listening to Radio Two, mate. Checking on Jeremy Hunt's uh, budget, autumn budget. You know, they want to oh. know where their finances are going, don't they? They've got the tunes playing. UK is going into recession. They're, they're <laughs> like, They've got some real lows. <laughs> Can't you just tell them, like, listen up, Daddy's got to work. Uh, could you please go for a romantic walk here around the airfield? 
<laughs> well, my dad's building my bike up in there, mate. <laughs> my dad's building my bike. I can't get him to take a walk. He's got jobs to do, mate. He's got to, he's got to sort stuff out. <laughs> All right, fair enough. All right, I've got a proper story. A mate of mine turned 30 last week. And uh, he hosted. Like, I can a tell party. him it's all downhill from there. It's all downhill it's all, from thirty, mate. It's all downhill experience. So I um, I went to uh, to his uh, little party. I trained that day, like I did a longer ride and run. Um, had like a quick meal in the evening. I went to like a fancy pasta place, but they had these really small pasta plates. So I think it was like twelve at that party, and I was always start, already starting to feel hungry, like mega hungry. And then at some point, I said to a mate of mine, like, oh, when we're walking home, I'm going to order some food because I'm absolutely starving. I was, I'm sl- I was sleeping at his place. And he said, like, oh, yeah, let's do that. Let's order something when we're uh, about to head home. So I was really fantasizing about that food, you know, getting, getting the mood in. So then we were walking home. I was looking on the Internet for food. So uh, I found a place, and it said 20-minute delivery time. And he said, you sure you still want to order that? I said, yeah, mate. He said, well... What if it doesn't come until like an hour or so? I said, nah, it says 20 minutes. It says 20 minutes. So I ordered. We walked home. The walk was about like 20 minutes. Uh, came home. It was, uh, I think, 2.30 back then. When do, you, when do you reckon the food came in, mate? Shit, you weren't waiting like an hour, were you? Like 3.30 or something? <laughs> Quarter past four. Quarter past flipping four. Oh mate. my god, I'd be so pissed off. If that was me. <laughs> I was so pissed. I was so pissed because I called the guy after like forty-five minutes. I said, "What the hell's going on? Do you still like?" Uh... Uh, but any, he said, "Like, oh, that's coming. It's coming. It's almost there. It's almost there." So every, you're thinking like, could be the next five minutes. Could be the next five minutes, mate. Half. It was almost half past four. Almost half past four. I was, I was over my, uh, over my appetite. Literally had like two free bites and I went to sleep. I was so damn tired, but I thought like, cause I was sleeping at his place and he had to get up at 8 AM for work and his sister had to get up at really early in the morning. So I thought if I go to sleep, that delivery guy is going to ring that doorbell like a mofo, you know? So I need to stay awake. But yeah, so I I, you know, awake. similar thing happened to me with a kebab uh, person and uh, we nearly ended up getting in a punch up outside the <laughs> house where we used to live. <laughs> with but, a kebab yeah, person? Like I was on the way, but, yeah, he got his. I was on the way back from, uh, from I don't know something like with Laura. It was something, something triathlon specific uh, related, and we're starving. And I was like, "Oh, we'll order a kebab for tea." So we ordered it when we we're about like twenty minutes away, similar to you, thinking or 20, 30 minutes, thinking, "Oh, we'll get home soon after, and it will save loads of time. We'll have that, and uh, and it will all be good." So we ordered it, got home, nothing. Rang him up and was like. Where, like, how long are you going to be? You know, he's like, he's on his way. He's on his way. Bear in mind, this place is like five, six minute drive away. So you're thinking, all right, he's going to be within like 10 minutes. Then 15 minutes goes, ring him up again. Yeah, he's on his way. Kept going on for absolutely ages. At this point, you're fuming, thinking like, God, I would have just cooked my tea because it ended up taking like an hour and a half, two hours. And like, eventually it came probably after a good two hours. You know, so he'd been at home waiting an hour and a half and we were hungry anyway when we ordered it. So you're thinking like, God, if I'd known this, I would have never have got it. And uh, I said to him, I, I said, uh, it was pointless now, isn't it? You know, I said, like, the kebab wasn't even warm when he came as well. Or no, it was warm. But when he came, I said, why does it take so long, you know, and stuff like this? I said, we were bringing it up for ages. And then he tried to take it away and said, well, don't have it then. I tried to walk off. Bear in mind, you've already paid for it. Uh, and I was like, no, we're having it. So I took it and he, he, he ended up giving me some abuse or something. I can't remember how it escalated. But what I do remember was him taking his, like, belt off 
outside the house and he was trying to whip me with his belt. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then um, he ended up like, I think he kicked me in the ass, something like that. And then he got in his car. I shut the door. Uh, I might have got his leg when I shut the door. Like, yeah. Uh, not <laughs> and then uh like uh and then he and then he and then he drove off and the neighbors were like outside like we hadn't even been living there that long and they must have been thinking what the fuck is going on here like you know they're like in these new people have moved in there's a kebab shop trying to whip the guy over belt like you know he's got this he's, end up he's got this annoying pool he's got this annoying pool no this was at the old house this was at the old house this is going back like this must be like 2015 this is probably six seven years ago I can still remember the name of it, Delicassin or something. And it, on Google, the kebab shop's got under a two out of five rating. That just says it all, doesn't it? You know, God knows what they actually put in the kebabs as well. You it know, does. But it makes me it makes me wonder every week, Joe, is the kebab delivery guy, it's Cameron Worth, it's the dark groomer. What's going on, mate? It's, you've got this energy around you. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I was in a dark rumor last week. I went out for a run. I was in a dark rumor, remember? I sent you this picture. picture. No, you weren't at the dog groomer. You Googled it or something. No. But the no, dog no. groomer that cuts the hair, Ted, what, you were actually at a dog groomer's? I was actually at a dog groomer, yeah. It was not my dog. But Ted, his, Ted his amazing. Well. All right. They haven't got a problem with, um, with, with the dog groomer. The dog groomer done it. It was Ted getting his pearly whites done. He was getting the plaque off his teeth. That, like, he was going to see, like, you know... Uh, Basically, the dentist, you know, or something, you know, and that was what she was the one that caused the problems. The dog groom was actually all right. I picked, I, I picked him up from there the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I've got another. Uh, <clears throat> I've got a high, mate. I've got a high. Since um, eight weeks, since eight weeks, or maybe even more. I don't know. I'll, I'll quickly grab up my Strava like we always do with the Terminator. Uh, been back into training one two three four five six seven uh yeah seven to eight weeks that i did like 12 to 20k running a week that one week where i did seven k's of running i did like oh, you're on the norwegian plan seven k's of running a week mate you're gonna be fit as <laughs> seven seven weeks off cycling at it four swims in seven weeks yeah and you might be wondering like why would you do That's that too Joe? much I know. Why would I know, you swim so much. much? Like, why would you do? Why would you swim so much? Well, we're laughing about it right now, but uh, that was also the reason why I didn't came out to Hawaii and all that because uh, um, I had like some uh, some private issues. Some uh, I had to move, and then uh, I was very busy with the comp- company, like work overload, just uh, shitload of stress, um, not feeling too well. Uh, then. Uh, where I moved to was literally over where none of my friends were. And I thought it was actually all right because um, so I was. Um... The thing is, Joe, if I had to stay in The Hague or if I wanted to move to Amsterdam, I need to pay like between 1500 and 2K a month, like rent. It's like shit loads. But I actually want to buy a house in a year from now because uh, I don't think it's the right, right time now with the recession coming up and with the uh, interest rate rates uh, rising. So I think if I wait just a little bit more, the prices will come down. Uh, but anyway, I thought I'll, I'll stay over at my brother's. He's got like an apartment uh, that I could move into. Ended up getting very, very, very fucking lonely because, um, I don't know, I just didn't know anyone. I'm really bad at being alone, like really, really bad. I had my good mates, so I thought, that um, never sent me any message, Joe, never. 
So uh, I just didn't do any training. I just felt flipping. Do you know who sent me a message every day, Joe? Do you know who that was? Hey. Who I spoke to every day? Thomas Decker. Really? Thomas Decker, yeah. He's uh, he's an honest guy. Anyway, just it took me uh, to a point that you think, like, you got to grab life by the balls again and uh, got to get going. So I started training again last week. Um Five-minute K pace. My heart rate was like 145, 150. But it had one tempo sub-threshold run last Monday. I was kind of surprised by that. It was like 5K, 340 per K. And I remember you saying, just give it a crack. And I said, I, w- I probably won't be able to do it. But uh, surprisingly, a bit bit faster than I uh, thought. But uh, I would say it's a high getting back into it. But, um, yeah, there's uh, it always looks, looks bright on Instagram, doesn't it? Life always looks bright on Instagram. But... Uh, Everyone always has got their shit, Joe. So you've been battling some demons. I've been battling some demons. Yeah. Yeah. Such is life. I mean, I've, ne- I've never had it before. Like, you know, I, I, I'm always, I'm always happy. I'm always laughing. I'm always up for jokes and I've never had a, a period in my whole life that you wake up and actually feel like flipping unhappy or, or whatever, you know, it's uh, I can't even explain, but anyway, um, back in the game back in the game um and train him so in about two weeks or what is it yeah two and a half weeks going to south africa uh with uh, thomas do you know what else what else is a stressful period i've been speaking to some some other people about it um now the end of the year is coming well you've got a manager but like sponsorships income you know it's also a part of uh, being a professional athlete is uh, is this the stress of um uh, financial insecurity right I don't know if you've still got that or not. I think sponsorships are. Uh, I think sponsorships are absolutely horrific. I was actually talking to a guy last night uh, here, like, uh, and we were talking about sponsorships. He was, uh, and he was talking about sponsorships actually in CrossFit, and he said that he he met up with the the male and female champion from CrossFit, um, mm-hmm. and they're on good money. But he said most of the people in CrossFit are on terrible money as well. I thought they were on good money, and he said no. And he was telling me about what some of them said, and uh, also I was talking to a triathlete the other day. And he'd won a regional championship Ironman. And he said that he hasn't even got a cash sponsor and can't even get a bike to someone to give him. And he won a regional championship within the last 12 months. I thought that was absolutely uh, crazy, you know, that someone could win a regional championship Ironman uh, one well, step per co-owner and not even have one cash sponsor. I, I think part of the reason I was saying it, this is my, my part of the, my um, theory is behind it. I think there's a, a lot of youngsters that are coming up in the sport, you know, who are doing pretty well. Like they're like mm-hmm. under 25, tw- you know, 21, 22, 23. Um, they're living at home with their parents. So not really paying that much. Then they start getting a couple of, they've not had any money really, but they're pretty decent. Then they get a couple yeah. of good results and they can do some of the PTO races. They can get some thousands of pounds. And then some sponsors are like, this guy's good. He's really young. We want to sponsor him. So then they say, yeah, well, it will be interested in sponsoring you. And the guy says, yeah, and they're like, he doesn't really know how much to ask for. So he'll say something like, yeah, five, they'll offer him five grand or something. And he'll be like, fucking hell, five grand, you know, that's pretty decent. They might have a few bonuses in it as well. And he might pick up four or five sponsors like that. So he's getting, say, 25K, plus he's getting bonuses on top and some money from the PTO races. Before he knows that he's getting 70, 80K a year, which, like, when you're living at home with your parents, he's, like, thinking like he's absolutely roll, rolling in it. But... Then the guys that were getting, say, 20K or more than that a year 
are struggling because the, sp- because the sponsors are like, well, we're not going to pay you 20K when so-and-so is going to take 5K. And the reason is these guys that are taking 5K could probably take a hell of a lot more, but they don't know what to ask for. And for them, 5K is probably a decent amount because they've not had any cash sponsors before. Living at home with their parents, the income's really low. You know, they've got like hardly any outgoings. Um, so for them, they feel like they've, um, they've made it. And I think part of that is driving the price down for everyone because then once people start saying five grand, then it's almost like, does the person that wanted 20 or who was on 20 then say 4K, you know, can't make a living off like 4K. And then everyone drives the price down. Whereas really, if there was a bit more transparency and people really knew how much to ask for, it would actually keep the price a lot higher. But once people start asking for a lot lower, then everyone suffers and the price goes down. And I think sponsors have actually got like, it's actually harder now than what it was like six, seven years ago. And I remember people telling me six, seven years ago, the sponsors are terrible from what they were 10 years ago. So I think if you looked at it over the last 20 years, the prices of what people are actually probably getting athletes and stuff has probably gone down like mm-hmm. five, six times less per sponsor some, than what they were back then. Do you know what? I'm, I'm sometimes surprised by, uh, by certain things because, um, Uh, I hear sponsor amounts from people outside of triathlon that are, for example, into uh, gravel racing or or, uh, something else. And if I hear what contracts they're on and if I hear what some top professionals talking like absolutely top, top professionals in triathlon are on, it's absolutely crazy. Like I'd say sometimes maybe four times your contract, four or five times. I'm thinking like, wow. That is uh, completely not. So I do think that triathletes are well, well, well underpaid. But um, yeah, in the end, um, the money needs to come from somewhere. And uh, if they don't have the budgets, they don't have the budgets. But that doesn't take away the fact that it gives a lot of stress, financial insecurity. Um, like I get my main sponsors from uh, uh, outside the sport, not within the sport. Like, uh, And that basically needs means that I need to work. Like That's why uh, I'm doing a podcast. I, I coach some people and uh, that's, that's how I, I make a living. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to, uh, to do it full time. But um, it's, um, yeah, it is, uh, it's quite a stressful, stressful period. I think with the gravel, with the gravel is, it's a little, a little bit of a niche as well at the moment, isn't it? There's not that many professionals that do it. But I guess the way you need to make the money from gravel is you, there's no prize money, is there? So mm-hmm. everyone has to ask for a decent amount of money because you can't make any prize money from the races. So you've got to take that into account. And um, they, I guess they have to rely on the fact that they've got a decent social media following because the races aren't really that televised. So some of these people have probably got a decent social media following. And uh, because they can't get prize money because there's no prize money in the races, they know mm-hmm. they have to ask for a decent amount from the sponsors. And they're quite yeah. experienced, aren't they? Because they used to be, a lot of them used to be World Tour pros. So mm-hmm. if they're on decent contracts at a World Tour level, they're not going to suddenly say, we'll do it for five grand because they know what kind of money they should be asking for. So they've got that experience. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people in triathlon, they've come up from, you know, they haven't come from other sports or that experience level and they don't know what a decent amount is. And they don't want, I think a lot of them are a bit shy and they don't want to feel like they're taking the piss by asking for too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, they're actually probably doing themselves over by not asking for enough. And then everyone suffers. I think that's part of the reason. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, fair enough. But anyway, that's like yeah, it's, it's, it's an extra it's an extra factor of uh, uh, stress to the game. It, it lasts till like it's literally now till Christmas, isn't it? Yeah, the, you got a, you've got a, this is the time when everyone's trying to get their sponsors. 
because normally it's all like finalized around this kind of time, isn't it? From like January onwards. And then once you get to mm-hmm. January, it's actually quite hard to get sponsors in it. You'd think that oh. you were, if you didn't know that that would be a good time, but normally they're already starting from then and you've kind of missed the boat, haven't you? If it gets to January and you've got it, although you can still get some, but it's a lot harder. Dude, over, uh, over the last four of like, literally like four weeks ago, and this is going to surprise you. I was even contemplating of fully quitting tri- triathlon. Really? Yeah. What would you do uh, all the time if you didn't do triathlon? What would you do? Exactly. What would you do? It, I, I don't know. It's um, it just. I was busy with the Apple business. I was busy with that. And the other days, I was literally just either moving or just not doing anything at all. Just sitting and feeling like I don't know. It's just just waiting for better times or something. I don't know. I've never had it as well. It's just pretty crazy you're just thinking like Sad, oh, i'll mate. go out for a ride you're, you're postponing staying a thing postponing postponing and it just doesn't work and then uh i had the uh, someone came up with like um uh it was with with regards to like the apple business like an opportunity that we maybe could do is to do it like full-time so i was digging into that and that also meant like full-time stopping with triathlon and then i was like looking into it pretty seriously because i was thinking like I do like triathlon. Uh, I am improving, but am I ever going to be the best in the world? Well, I don't think so. Am I going to win any races? I don't think so. Am I going to make a proper living? I don't think so. It's all this insecurity, and uh, I don't know. Just and also, of course, I wasn't mentally in, in a good state at then, so I was thinking like, um, you know, fuck it. But uh, yeah, in the end, I did. I think you could win some big races. I think you could win some big races, but you need to train hard for it for a long period of time because in the past i think you've done like four weeks or six weeks where you've trained really well but you've you've never really given it a real long go have you i mean in new zealand that time when we were in new zealand before the race you did a decent block of training and you improved shit loads and then you did like eight and a half hours and i think if you actually trained like that and did it for 18 months or a year you would be going really really well because you've seen how much you improve over when you just do six weeks. I mean, in Font Remote, you really only did like three weeks and then went and did Almir. But if you actually trained like that three weeks for but six that's months, the thing. Could, you know. My my life is like Lionel Sanders, his training videos. There's always shit coming up, you know? And I'm I'm just thinking like, why have I always got shit? Because I'm, I'm not like that with work and all that. Like I always, it always works out for me. But then with triathlon, there's always something coming in. It's either uh, me getting like a flipping crash that I'm out for two months because I've got my knee flipped up, then getting Corona, I'm out for like three months. Then this whole period, since I'm a, like literally, since I've turned professional, I am a, I could be a reality soap. I could be a reality soap, Joe. <laughs> it could be anything. But um, apart from that, Joe, let's, uh, let's go on to... Uh, to uh to the next thing because uh i'm wondering how do you feel mate i feel all right i'm looking forward to the last getting the last race of the year done arizona and then um taking some time off and uh chilling out and uh also uh doing a blood test like out here and seeing what my levels are seeing if i am i in the k-hole am i feeling good who knows but you've managed to speak get in contact with biostarks haven't you and uh, they're going to be out here in arizona and they've said that they'll do us some blood tests. So actually, it'll be uh, interesting to see uh, how uh, how the body is feeling after like uh, third Ironman in a, in like I've, two months. I've got uh, something for today. you, Jody. I've uh, I've got something for you, mate. Because you were saying two weeks ago that you didn't know that whether you were in the K hole or not, 
and um, so I managed to uh, to reach out to uh, to a company, and we are what we eat, Joe. We are what we eat. So I've got a uh, blood sports performance test from you from uh, Biostarks, and this test is going to give you all the uh, key, all the information regarding your key biomarkers like uh, iron, magnesium testosterone so you won't even need to ask your missus whether your testosterone is flowing joe and i hear you saying how does this work because you're not a doctor um well uh jody you'll just do a uh, a blood test you can order it either on uh, biostarks.com but i uh, arranged one for you in arizona i'm going to do one pre-ironman for you um they'll do the blood draw drawing it's really uh, easy not painful at all you send it in, and then you get the results in the app, and it will tell you exactly what you're lacking, what it means, what you should eat to get up to uh, a healthy level again. And I'm really, really curious to see what my own levels are after this uh, seven, eight-week uh, off period. Uh, and Joe, if the levels, if your blood levels come in good, if the testosterone is up high, you're gonna book that romantic weekend away with Laura, aren't you? I'm gonna book that romantic weekend away, mate. If the testosterone's flowing, flowing high, then I will. Um, I'll do another one five days after um, uh, Arizona as well or something like that. You know, once I do the race and travel back and we'll see um, how much, it, see if there is any or how much of an effect doing an Ironman and transatlantic travel has on your uh, blood levels. Because I think that'll be quite interesting, you know, to see. And then mm -hmm. if it does yeah, have definitely. an effect, I might do another one three weeks later, you know, after having like the off season, taking it really easy and seeing does an off season where you've taken it really easy and like taking some time off actually rejuvenate and have a positive impact on your blood i think that will all be really interesting to see and you know if the blood's looking good that romantic holiday away is always waiting for you guys so if you do your blood test and <laughs> you'll know exactly. whether or not it's a good time but, to go <laughs> now if you're uh, if you're listening and you're curious about your current state of health uh, head over to biostars.com and uh, order your blood test today with code tom10 you get 10 percent off because uh, we always take care of our dogs don't we uh, but yeah, I am pretty curious to see, uh, uh, first of all, what, what after eight weeks being uh, indoors and being uh, depressed and hardly any training, what that's going to do. And also uh, your results with doing a blood test pre-Ironman and uh, post-Ironman, uh, uh, what kind of an impact an Ironman has on your uh, blood levels. We're going to talk about that probably next week if we get the results in uh, and otherwise uh, the week after that. But that would be really curious to see. Like if, uh, what? How fucked does an Iron Man make you? Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. Um, also, I hope it tells you what your uh, age is, you know, because you could, I know you can do that with some of them, can't you? It tells you like your inner age of your body. That would be interesting to see. Do you think yours would say something uh, like 54? Well, I'd like to think that it would say I'm younger than what I actually am, but after doing all the Ironmans and travel and stuff like that, who knows? Like it could be, it could go either way. Um, also, uh, I'm obviously doing Arizona this week. You're uh, you're in the long road to uh, New Zealand, aren't you? And uh, you can't be thinking like when we've been since we've been talking about New Zealand about last time we were there. And uh, one thing that made me laugh the other day was, can you remember the uh, what's it called? Like the uh, builder, you know, the uh, the gypsy that crashed into the car. <laughs> <laughs> the last time we were in New Zealand. We were driving, we were in Christchurch and we were driving down the, 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 this like, it was a pretty steep hill, wasn't it, with cars inside. It was not a very nice road to drive down, but it was okay if both people were like, weren't in a hurry or didn't really care because someone was all, every so often was going to have to wait behind the cars on their side. And we came head to head with this like 
proper gypsy, weren't he? He was like in a wife beater. He looked a bit worn, didn't he? Tattoos on him. You know the exact type, like pissed off yeah. that he's going to work. And uh, it was supposed to be him that stopped because you, the cars were on his side. But he didn't yeah. want to stop. And Tom kind of like ended up stopping. Like, And both of you were like pretty close together, weren't you? And it was like one of you would have to reverse, wouldn't they, for the other person to get through. Exactly. Well, he could have probably got through if he really wanted to. But he swore at us. And then <laughs> there was me, Tom, and like a guy called Seb in the car. So we swore back at him, which was definitely a bad move. Like, I wouldn't recommend it. Because then he proceeded in using the trailer that he was towing, which was like some iron or steel trailer. So it was solid as anything, as a weapon to damage the hire car and made it. So the way he went past the car, he turned in and used that to drag against the car and, like, took a part of the car off, didn't he? And we're like, oh, shit. Like, well, this yeah. is a hire car. Like, we're going to be totally fucked when we hand this back. <laughs> There's, like, bloody yeah. bumper hanging off the car. And we're like, oh, no. And then, uh, and then he drove off, didn't he? Like, oh, he stopped he for a bit. And then, like, uh, and then, uh, but can you remember that? Like, what was your uh, experience in that? Because you were the one that was dri- <laughs> driving, weren't well, you? This guy was just a total fruit loop. You couldn't you couldn't talk talk talk, talk <laughs> with him about anything. Um, we called the police. The police didn't want to come. They said come over to the office. We had to drive through the city with our bumper like falling off. That thing was literally just off the front, hanging hanging like there. We went to a police office. We were there for like hours and hours. Um, they didn't give us any clearance about the situation, who was right and who was wrong. They said they were going to handle it. I think we had the race in like five days from that. We did the race. We never got the no police. quite well. The race was a, the race. The race was definitely over five days away. It was at least another ten days, and we had to get drop the car off before we flew to the race. Because I remember we were in Christchurch and we had to oh, right. uh, fly to uh, Talpo. So, and I remember my remember is we rang up the insurance company and said like what you know someone's like done it like uh, what what can we get another car. And they're like, you can like get it sorted, but then if it happens again, you'll have to pay another excess to get it sorted again. You know, whereas if you didn't, you'd only have to pay one excess. So we were like, oh, well, we might as well wait until we hand it in. So we drove for the next 10 days, a fucking bumper thing hanging off the car, but we had like tried to like dodge to like make it look all right. Because we were like, well, if we, if, if we see him again or some some other Fruit Loop does something, then we'll let it be like, we might end up having to pay two big excesses. So let's just... Uh, carry on for 10, 10 days and then we drove the car handed it back and like nothing was said was it until like ages later and then months later I got an email from me to me saying about the car you know something was wrong with the car when we handed it back but it was like months later it must have been like May and this is all like once COVID had started and like you know it, all that kind of, of chaos the end and of Feb. yeah yeah this was uh, end of Feb when we uh, took it in and then like yeah three weeks later COVID hit and Pretty much it all went, it all died down. But I couldn't believe, uh, yeah, what happened. It was crazy. Do you think they're going <laughs> to stop you at the airport when you fly in again? Sup, Jody? They might stop me. Because can, can you remember I got a $400 fine for taking a bloody avocado into bloody New Zealand? Oh, Did, While I was yes. waiting for you. Yeah. 400 fine. Why did you take an avocado anyway? Because I was, I took it with me to have on the way, and then I thought, oh, you know, I'll have an avocado at the airport. I'll put it on like a salad or something, you know, make it like pimp it up a bit. Um, <laughs> and yeah, they, they, they were going to find me, but they did say you've got a four hundred dollar fine. You can either pay it now or you can pay it when you leave the country. And I was like, well, I'll 
take my chances I'll pay it when I leave the country and then I never end up having to pay it so I was like quite lucky but still $400 for another card I was like Jesus like you know that's a bit like OTT isn't it it is it is OTT <laughs> most expensive avocado world's most expensive but avocado I've been I've been uh, so we're both doing Ironman New Zealand probably again uh, the race course by the way on Wanaka they changed it back to the old loop it's the, it's the old loop again the big loop but have you seen the prices of flight tickets mate yeah, I looked the other day and it's crazy. About roughly two grand, isn't it, from starting from an economy ticket, which is uh, more, more, nuts. two and a half, two and a half for me. You'll have to get into touch with Qatar Airways, mate. They're sponsoring Ironman now. That'd be a good sponsor, wouldn't it? They could fly us out there first class, couldn't they? Well, it, it made me think today. <laughs> it made me think today. Why would why would I go to New Zealand to do a race? Pay free get grand for flights. I remember the food is absolutely crazy expensive, so that will be another free grand if you go with Joe Skipper. Um, and was then the food I, that bad? Of it was not bad. Was it was really, that? it was really expensive. What, yes, worse? worse than Kona. Was it? It wasn't worse than Kona, though, was it? It was almost right. equal. Maybe maybe a bit less. But was uh, it that still, bad? Dude, I remember we were doing like hundred and fifty dollars shopping every two days. Yeah, got to fuel fuel that Ferrari, mate. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> you're, you're Ferrari. On, but, you're not. You're, you're not. A, you're not a Vauxhall. <laughs> yeah, but you're on all the PTO bonuses and top seven uh, 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 surprise fees and all that. PTO. Tom Ostek is is just on on employyourownass.com. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's Tom. Ustedek's a, a kit car, mate, that's going to be tuned up. You know, he's like a Ford GT40 that's getting built, you know. And then when it's going out for the test drive, you don't put like 88 petrol, do you? What you get in America. You want to put that premium 99 stuff and, mate, let the let the engine treat the engine well, you know. Well, depending on sponsorships, I might go there. No, I want to go to New Zealand. But it makes you wonder. Like, it flight, I remember back in 2020 when I went, flight tickets were something like 900 quid. Yeah, I, I remember getting business class for two and a half grand. And I looked the other day, it was like seven grand. Yeah, it's absolutely Which is crazy. Nuts. It went up like, like huge. three times. Yeah. Hey, Joe, I've got a... Uh... I fucked my back. I fucked my back flying there before. Like, I fell asleep in a real dodgy position twice. <laughs> and, um, like, two long flights. Like, it doesn't sound like much. I know people are thinking, he's a hypochondriac. That never happened. Honestly, I slept like this, like, you know, twisted. Two 14-hour flights, slept like a baby. Had one good run the day, the first day I got there and thought, oh, I feel all right. Then it gradually got worse. About a week before the race, I could feel something. You know that sciatic pain? Have you ever had that sciatic pain where yeah, like, yeah, you put your foot yeah. down and you feel like shooting pain? So I was getting that. And I thought foam rolling it would ease it off. It's obviously a tight muscle or something like that. Little did I know, I was actually then making it a bit worse and worse. So the pain was probably getting worse. And then before the race, I was like, shit, I've been out here for a month and I don't even know if I'm going to be able to finish, like if, if I'm going to be able to start the bloody race, which would have been so like disappointing. Could you imagine you go all the way to New Zealand and then you go, you can't even start the Ironman. You have to fly back two days later, not even done it. That so I was like, right, I'm going to need some paracetamol. Yeah, so I had to take paracetamols and ibuprofen just to get through it because I didn't know what the hell was wrong. I thought, oh, it's just something small. I'll sort it out when I get back. You know, I thought there's no racing for like a while. Anyway, so I took some paracetamol and ibuprofen um managed to get through the race just about and then it was like once i'd finished it must have been like a mix of all the adrenaline of being in the moment and being in the race the pain was excruciating and i had to lay down i couldn't even go on the prize stand up for the prize thing i think they had to wheel me out in a wheelchair because the sciatic pain was so bad 
And for, for, for when they got rid of me at the end, they had to wheel me off in a wheelchair. It weren't because I was totally smashed from the race. It was because I couldn't even stand up. I was like a 90-year-old, you know. Sciatic pain was that bad. Had that for three bloody months afterwards. Absolutely horrific. One of the worst injuries I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Only because he flew economy with the rest of the people. <laughs> <laughs> he was just slept like in a bad position. He just slept in like a terrible position. It scared, it scared me, mate, now doing uh, like again. <laughs> Like that. Can you imagine how fit I'm gonna be the first time I'm gonna fly, fly business class? Mate, you're gonna be you're gonna be smashing it. You're gonna be uh, top three. You uh, you had a really good bike ride there when you were in Wanaka. You uh, you outbiked uh, a lot of the pros, didn't you? I can remember that. Like that oh. was like at that time, even probably to now, I'd say that was probably one of the best bike performances you've done in a in a like professional race. Bearing in mind, you started with the age groupers. You didn't even start amongst the pros, did you? Well, let's see if we can uh, do it again then in, in Monaco. I do, I do. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, a, yeah, yeah. That was a that was a really good um, good. And I also had like uh, remember that my chain rings were like fully loose, like my front ones, and I had to stop for like two and a half minutes because my chain was stuck between my chain rings. Uh, but the um, we need to check the results. We need to check the results because I'm not actually sure who got the fastest time out of me and you. It was uh, you really did. close because I remember I had a, uh, did I? It better yeah, be close because I had a shocking run. Yeah, uh, you you still. I like, ran like a one thirty, mate. I ran like one thirty. I think you might have outrun me, but I must have just had a bit of a buffer from the swim and a little bit of a buffer from the bike that I held out. Yeah, something yeah, exactly. like that. Could you, you imagine you how motivated you'd have been though? If you would have actually known that you were catching me, and like, imagine if someone had said at like seven or eight miles, we'd have started together. Joe's only run. 90 seconds up the road. <laughs> you'd have been like, fuck, I'm going to I'm gonna run him down because you'd have been taking time out of me on the run, wouldn't you, as well? Yeah, <laughs> but I, I wasn't like, I should, <laughs> my running should take take another level. But to be honest, I think Wanaka is probably one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to. Like if I remember back in that race, uh, the Roy Peak that we've done, the hike, the swim, uh, the cafes are awesome. Um, I just really, really like that place. It's just really, really nice. But I think um, if we go out there, we need to take a gravel bike with some road wheels because if we're both on gravel bikes could you imagine riding up the cadrona pass we have we haven't done that but if it's like gravelly you could even try and ride up roy's pass couldn't you you know some of them because they're all like gravel ones that would and then if you're doing some road rides you could just put the road wheels in but you definitely mm -hmm. want the road wheels because i remember that group in christchurch that was like full-on like that fucking what they call it wednesday worlds or something it was like yeah, yeah some yeah. bloody road race every weekend i like that that was but right still on my street but still, Joe, if you need to pay three grand for a flight ticket and then two bikes, it's also a hassle with the hire car, getting like four bikes in and all that. I remember that was a pain in the ass with your bike standalone. Um, but anyway, Joe, I've got a I've got a date story, a date question, date triathlon dating right. related question. And I'm curious what your opinion is. Um, all right, got in. So a grand follower sent this one in. Um, is a gal and she has got a requirement that a guy she, that she wants to date must be able to swim 100 under 140 per hundred one minute 40 um that's not in a yard pool it's a meter pool um her well, friend out then. we'd be screwed <laughs> we'd be screwed we'd be single and ready to mingle uh yeah. my friends say i'm being too picky but i personally think 140 is quite lenient um, is it acceptable to have a time rule? I do give exceptions for people uh, for people excel in other sports. Her ex did not make the swim time. Swim time, however, 
she gave him a good uh, age pass on his running time. So do you think she should get rid of the swim time rule? I like it. I like it. You've got everyone has their something they look for in a partner, don't they? You know, some people mm-hmm. might look for blue eyes. Some people might look for like brown hair. She's looking for uh, for a speedy swimmer. Her standards are very high, though. Sub one forty is fucking quick, isn't it? You know, I mean, me and you would be ruled out of that. So, uh, I mean, Techno, he's single, and he's only down to one fifty. So he's uh, he's got a little bit more training to get to, and then potentially he might be uh, in the running to go on a date with uh, with this girl. What do you think? Um, he could, but what about the 54-minute Ironman swimmer mozzarella? You'd be in it. You'd be in it, wouldn't you, really? 140s. That's like a 65-minute Ironman split, I reckon. So you've, you've got time to spare. You don't even have to use your biking and running prowess, what? do you? You're, you're in it on the split. <laughs> 140s is like an hour and five minutes or something. Yeah, about that, I reckon, yeah. I'll be 11 minutes up so ahead. You- do you think her standards are high do you think her standards are high for the swim is she asking for too much what do you think um she is reaching out to the top tier age group level (laughs) i'd say it's a niche market it's a niche market but uh but maybe because you're not allowed to be maybe because you're not allowed to be ageist anymore she says that because it makes it really hard for older people doesn't it to uh to to contact her you know yeah but if I you're think, over like 55 60 i think it's it's good to be ambitious some people settle for less you know so uh i mean if you want to grow old with someone you've got to have the right standards that that fit your requirements and if you if you settle for for less you're going to be unhappy later on in your relationship would you say though she's looking for a date or is she looking for a training partner for someone's feet to swim on? Is there an ulterior motive in this? Is she looking for like someone's feet to swim in because she's thinking fresh old sets of grim by myself? If I get someone who's a 140 swimmer, I can sit on their feet. Um, Which is why she's got the other bit. That would be a top professional mindset that she's like pretending it's a date. But in the meanwhile, she's getting in some decent fresh old sessions in the pool. But um, it could be the best of both roles. Because remember... Because remember, she's not saying you're definitely guaranteed to go on a date with me. You're just in the running. You're just in the running. So she could be stringing you along. You're thinking, yeah, I'm going to get in there. She's pretty tidy. You know, I'll go and do some swims with her and stuff. And really, she's luring you in to, you know, pace her along. After like three blocks of hot swimming, five sets a week, you're thinking like, when is this date coming on? Well, you're too knackered. You're too knackered because you've been towing her around all the time for swimming. You're yeah. too knackered to go on a date. So, like, she doesn't have to worry about you pestering her because you're, you're in the K-hole, mate. Your well, blood levels are low. Testosterone's yeah. gone through the floor. You can't do anything. You, the last thing you want to do is go on a date. <laughs> exactly. I would say be wary. If you're dating this girl, get some blood tests and see where your levels are at. You might not be able to make the, take things to the next level if you train with her too much. She's a weapon. Exactly. You want to be sure that you're at least... So if you're, for example, a 139 per 100 meter swimmer, you need to be sure you're on a good day when you're proving it to her. Because if you're off, then boom, you've lost your chance. You lost. You're never getting that invite back again. No, exactly. All right, mate, let's head over to Ironman Arizona. You've got a sneaky little race coming up this weekend, haven't you? Yeah, 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 I have. What did you uh, What did you want to know about it? Um, I want to know what you're going to do post-race. Oh, I'm doing the beer mile post-race, 100%. 
So we've because we haven't done a podcast for a while, we haven't given an update. I've got a course in mind, which is um, going to be along the uh, riverfront or whatever it is. I don't know if it's a canal, whatever that water is. Uh, I'm going to mark out a 200-meter course where it's 200 meters up and 200 meters back. And my question to you, Tom, is I've got a question. Is in I was in uh, I'm staying literally right above the Whole Foods. So I had a little had a little gander yesterday, saw some alcohol, and I've got a choice. And the choices what I've got at the moment is three choices. Do I first of all extremely frowned upon? Sam Long said that he's going to do the beer mile, and I expect he'll take this tactic. Do you go for alcohol free and take a time penalty? Personally, I think that's out of the question, you know, because obviously if you go alcohol free, that is going to incur one. Do I go for beverages have to be five percent as well on average? That's te- that's the that's the that is actual official beer mile rules. So do I go for something like an easy drink and five percent beer and go all in? Or I've seen some really nice Belgian beer, which is a Le Chouf gift set, four different Le Chouf beers, and you get the glass. Really nice beers. Downside is the, the weakest one of them is eight percent and the strongest is ten percent. So it'd mean drinking two high uh High strength beers, mm-hmm. 330 mils each, but they do taste good. And it would be the Belgian beer mile. Or do I go for the easy drink and five percenters and just go all in? Well, what would you what do you de- reckon? It depends on um does easy drinking for you mean you get it down quicker? Because in the end, that's what it is about. Yeah. So if you really yeah. like the Belgian beers and you can down them quicker, even though they're stronger, you go for the Belgian beers. But in the end, it's all about how fast can you chuck them down? Because the alcohol percentage doesn't really I could matter. chuck the, the other ones down quicker. In. What? I could get the other one. The easy drinking ones are ones that you could get in quicker. The Le Chouf would be like more showboating. It would be like, yeah, they're stronger. I can't drink them as quick, but I'm going to rely on my running with fucked Iron Man legs to do the business. Why, why don't you just... It's rock, like if you're trying... Why, if you're, why don't you rock up with like... It would be like if you're uh, in football. Why don't you rock up with like three or four so golden drags? Golden Drags. They haven't got them in there, but I love the Golden Drag. I, I absolutely love that. That's a strong one. That's like 11% that, isn't it? Yeah. God, I'd be hammered after that. It's like, it's like drinking like, that's like drinking two bottles of wine for it. Jesus, like after oh. an Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say? Yeah, about that would match? be very tough. Well, I'd say like going showboating in, uh, in that would be the equivalent as uh, trying to do like a uh, Maradona turn or something, you know, and you uh, overtake someone or trying to like not make a defender if you're a striker, wouldn't it? You know, it's a bit of a showboat, isn't it? You don't need to do it, but it looks good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> true. true. Um, yeah, I, I, but rocking up um, uh, as a last season race with alcohol free beers, that's a statement, mate. That's a statement. The statement that you determined that you're at, that you're at, that, you, that's, that your mindset is on another level. That like I've I'm I've finished my season. I'm on off season, and I'm still drinking alcohol-free beer. I'm going to be a weapon next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, that's saying race... that you take your off season. That's saying that you take your off season very seriously, and it is a structured off season. <laughs> but you're, you're already still on structured. a calendar. You're still still on a calendar. Yeah. Um, I've got a um, I've got a bullshit buster, Joe. What's I that? have got a bullshit buster. Someone sent a picture in to me last week of a guy going to a wedding uh, with his wedding shoes. And on his wedding shoes, he's got a stride foot pot. So a running stride foot pot. I like that. He's looking at his power output, 
how much power do I, does it require me to go on the dance floor and bust some moves? You know, do I log this as a tempo? Is it endurance? Like, you know, if he's doing 90 minutes of dancing on the dance floor, is that the same as his own two long run? Um, how much time sitting down in between like 10 minute dance sessions does he need? You know, he's he's got to take that into account. You know, it's all data and it's very slight because he he's probably got his watch on, sports watch, and he's recording all this. If he didn't have the stride and he was relying on GPS, he might not be able to get GPS signal indoors, you know, because of the buildings. Stride True. does True. it by power, does it by movement of the feet. He's he's very sneakily recording that as data for I his training peaks. This must probably be a professional athlete. And also because, and this is a mistake that is often made, people are in a big training block. They go to a wedding into the evening. They dance like a lot. Next day, they want to smash a session and they feel fatigued. And they're thinking like, where is this coming from? They look on training peaks. They can't see where where the fatigue is coming from. And then they miss the proper session they did on the dance floor. Exactly. And if you're a proper athlete... You'd also, like, I bet if Christian went to the wedding, he would have the stride on and he would have the glucose on because when he's done his dancing on the dance floor, he needs to know, do I need another bit of that wedding cake? Are my sugars dropping? Will I get through the next bout of two songs? I heard they're playing Celine Dion next. That's a banger. Ronan Keaton's coming up. Am wow. I feeling good for this? Can I mix it up? Like, it reminds be- him of times back in the summer when when you were, like, leading him on the uh, trails, mate, and... Uh, put him in the Hurt Locker out in Font Rameau and he's like, I remember this song. This is one where I had to dig in. I'm going to, you know, and it psyched him up for the dance floor and uh, he needs to make sure he's keeping on top of them blood sugars. I would be triple digits on that what power meter uh, from Stride all day or night on the dance floor. If they put Ronan Keaton and Celine Dion on, triple digits. And we both had a Stride power meter. We've tried it, haven't we? We both ended up getting rid of it. I think I got rid of mine first because uh, it was always... uh, I know every triathlete says this, but it was underestimating my pace and distance in my workouts. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't happy with the numbers it was telling me. <laughs> and I was uh, moaning to you. What <laughs> and did you, you carry on way, what, what did you think of that run then I did last Monday? So seven weeks of 20K a week, five minute K pace, and then one run where it did 10Ks and 5Ks at like 337K pace. I, I, like, boom. I think you're back in the game, mate. Back in the game. The road, to, the road to uh, New Zealand uh, on. I was surprised. Uh, no, I thought I you'd was... do. Uh, I thought you'd do uh, under three forty k pace because I, I, in the past, I think you've always underestimated how quick you'll do certain runs and stuff, and then you've done better. Like I mean, when we got back from New Zealand, you did that five k ages ago, and you were like fifteen thirty something, weren't you? Or fifteen forty something like that, and mm-hmm. you didn't think that you were going to break like seventeen or sixteen thirty, did you? So I think you always. Worry, and I remember when Ryan Bolton gave you that twenty-six k run, didn't he? Like sub six, three forty-five k pace for twenty-six k, yeah. and you were like shitting it. You put it off until like nine o'clock at night or something, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> and then end up doing it, and then uh, did it a lot. And you were actually like, actually, it wasn't that bad. Once you got into it, you were you were all right. Um, so I think you just need someone. If you had a training partner, well, I think your problem is because you don't have anyone to do it with you for a lot of the sessions. They seem a lot harder than what they are. Whereas you could do with having someone like a techno on the bike or someone I to could. run with I could. and you'd actually, yeah. I've been thinking about putting a message out because now I'm over at like my parents, all my mates live in like Amsterdam or The Hague. So maybe I'll go back there, but maybe not because I'll, uh, it's just a couple of months. Um, I'm like probably going to Spain or anywhere uh, anyway, maybe. But I've been thinking about putting a message in a newspaper because there's like a lot of people that are lonely, for example, older people, 60, 70, 
and that could be still fit, like just going out on the bike. And I've been thinking about doing a uh, a call if one of these old people just want to come over to my place twice a week. I'll give them lunch, yo. I'll give them food. I'll give them some Celine Dion and Ron and Keaton, and they'll pace me on the bike, just like techno. I think they'll love it. Yeah, I think it would make a massive difference because part of the problem is for you as well is if you end up putting a session out like back because you're worrying about it and you're like, oh, this is going to be really hard, this is going to be really hard, and then you can't, you end up struggling to fit the other train in. But whereas if you had someone who you knew was turned up to your house at like whatever time, 10 o'clock, you're already committed into going and then you don't even have to think about it. You just run at the pace that they're setting. And before you know it, you're, uh, you've done it. And then you're like, oh, wow, that was easier than what I, I thought. Because they always feel easier than what you think once you've done them, don't they? It's very rare that you actually do it and you're like, God, I don't think I'm going to finish this, is it? You know, once you do it, you're normally like, oh, I thought it was going to be harder. And but- I think that's because you build it up so much in your head that you think it's going to be a lot worse than what it actually is. Speak, speaking about characters, right? Um, one of the things I got into triathlon years and years ago because I find it really, really hard to do stuff by myself, like really hard. And um, that's why I decided to start just to do a triathlon because I had to pick up swimming. I couldn't do swimming, so I had to like go to the pool and do stuff by myself. And I still nowadays tend to find it hard to, uh, I mean, I, I do it, but I still find it hard to uh, to go out there and especially with like heart sessions, go out there and do it like by yourself. I think it's uh, oh, tough yeah. to do it solo. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah. Joe, we've also got an Instagram post of the week. Now, so that is one of the this, good sides uh, about not doing a podcast for two weeks. We have longer to uh, find the content, don't we? <laughs> we have, we have. Now picture this. This is a guy. He's he's on the bike, and that around that bike is built like an airplane. So literally, while he's riding, he's putting out power, and with that power, he's what, what like the propellers are moving through through the bike due to that bike because he's cycling. I know you need to see this. Yeah, I've seen so anyway, it. So it's like an airplane that's powered by him, isn't it? His bike. Yeah, and I would say. This is so handy because, first of all, we could just go to New Zealand and just get our long ride in. No free grand, nothing. We'll just yeah. spend it on Morton gels and that kind of stuff. But yeah, could you imagine the amount of Morton gels you'd need to power yourself if you were to try and fly there? I mean, obviously, you could stop at land on the way at different points, but could you imagine? I mean, it, how fast do you think that thing could go? Like, do you think you could get it up to a certain height and then use the thermals to keep you up there? Like, so potentially, could you fly to, like, I don't know, the south of France or something? Like, can you go, like, 30, 40 miles an hour, you get it up to, say, 10,000 feet? And what advantage would a chain gang in the air give us? Yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it, right, if I could do, say, 12-hour TT, 280 watts, let's say you could do a 12-hour TT at a decent power, could we do, like, say, I do three hours, you rest up for three hours in the back just sitting down, then you take over for three hours. But all you would have to do is just ride hard enough to keep at a decent height because then you can use the thermals to keep you up there. So you could ease off every so often, you know, and you just like once you start dropping because you're out of a thermal, you just pick it up a little bit. Would it be potentially possible for me and you to cycle in a day from Northern Europe to the or say from like England, Amsterdam area where you are to the south of France if we took it in turns doing two or three hour stints each? Well, of course, I think so. 
can we reach out to the guy and ask him if we can have a go and how high can you go? Do we need to take gas masks up there because we're like lack of oxygen and stuff, you know, at 10,000 feet? Yeah. Like, um, or, you know, if we go what, higher what up to 15, like, I would love to have a go on that. What if, what if he's like, I did 150 watts and I went 100 k's an hour? I'd be like, mate, I want to have a go on that. Uh, like, <laughs> I would love to have a go on that and see if I could, like, fly. You know, I mean, imagine that. You do your three-hour ride. Instead of riding around the road, your three-hour ride is flying in the sky. Like, I think that would be cool as anything. That I'm, I want to have a go that on this thing. That would be really cool. And see where I can you could literally just fly over, fly over to my place. I could have the apple pie ready. We'd have, like, a cake and, and a, like, a coffee. And boom, you're off on your plane again. Gone. Yeah, because in a straight line, I think that you're only about 140, 150. Well, when you were in The Hague, I think you were less than 100 miles away, weren't you? About 100, 100 miles? I know. You, literally, yeah. you were just across yeah. the... So um, potentially, I could do a long ride and I could have flown. I could have like used that to cross the water to The Hague and then ride back the next day. I mean, that would be so cool, wouldn't it? You know, We need to reach out to this guy and see if we can act... Where, where is he based and if we can have a go on it at some point. The only scary thing would be what happens if you get really high and you can't land it properly because you're not you don't know what you're doing and then you crash land. Or what happens would if you take like parachute going on your overseas? Back? Dude, what happens if we are going overseas to New Zealand? We d- we're not wearing the glucose monitor and we're flipping bonking. Oh man, you'd be totally screwed. Totally fucked. Like <laughs> that's it, game over. By the way, before we um go, I've got a question for you. Uh it's a training question that I've got. And uh, would you say, you know, when we've been out on training camps and stuff, do I drink my coffee pretty quick or like, am I a slow drinker? You know, if I get a flat white, how, what would you say? Very quick drink, quick, like pretty quick. All right. So does it count as a brick session for me if I come in off the bike and then have a flat white before I go out for the run or is that two individual sessions? Uh, what's the rules like how what's the turnaround time what's the turnaround time you need for it to be classed as a brick session i would i would say like 10 minutes because when i do a ride sometimes with techno and we do a bike and a run he gets around my house and he's like i'm like all right let's let's go we're going already are you having a drink i'm like i'm quite in i have a quick coffee so i have a quick coffee and i'll go out for the run does that count as a brick session or is that two individual sessions well i think in the end, for you, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it, is that what Techno said to you? This doesn't count as a brick session, Joe? Or no, no, he hasn't said. No, he hasn't said that. Like he just says, "Are we having a drink before we go?" And I I'm mean, like, "Oh, go on, then you've oh, twisted me up. Oh, we'll have a quick coffee." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, for yeah, of course, all Techno can't handle the the hours without drinks. Um, it's worn out body. <laughs> <need some fuel>. Obviously, it works for you because you always tend to run like most of the times uh, sub 240 in an Ironman. Because, uh, so I'd say if you want to do a proper break session, stop, get a coffee, then do the run. Do you think it makes your uh, tummy more robust because you're running with like after having like uh, a flat white? So there's like a bit of milk, bit of coffee in there, you know, you're getting used to the caffeine and stuff. I, I would say, you hear if, a lot you of wanna, if you want to train. Pop- Tommy a problems. lot of triathletes yeah, say they've got gut problems, don't they? I know. They just need to drink a triple espresso and a big sandwich with pulled pork before their tempo. Oh, bloody hell. I went to the cafe. 
I was on a ride the other day and Nathan Risby, you know him, don't you? Because he's been out with you. So to, um, yeah. can you remember when we did that, like when we paced Ross around, didn't we, for that 40K thing? So I did a ride. I was out yeah. with, with Phil, you know, the pensioner, 67 years old. And um, it was on Sunday and it was like my last longer ride before uh, before I was heading out here. And uh, they met me at my house. Phil comes. He's on his like road bike. He's on one of the giant road bikes. So he's got his race wheels on everything. So he's like looking apart. I thought he's all right. Then Nathan rocks up. And he's on like an old kind of like gravel bike with road wheels in. And I said, oh, mate, you're feeling confident because I'm on my TZ bike. I said, that's that's confident. Um, and then um, we're riding out and uh, Nathan's in second wheel. And I can see that he's like finding it a bit hard behind my wheel. And I'm like, mate, take turns with Phil. So him and Phil are taking turns doing 10 minutes, like being in second and third place. Because you get a bigger buffer, don't you, if you're in third place, don't you, than second. Mm-hmm. Um and then we get to like an hour and a quarter in, something like that. And uh, Nathan's like absolutely blowing. He's like, has anyone got a gel? Has anyone got a gel? So I had to give him two Mortons. He just smashed two straight away. I said, mate, we'll be at the cafe in 45 minutes. Just have them. That'll get you there. So he nails two gels. We get to the cafe. We, Me and Phil end up like dropping him probably 20 minutes away, 25 minutes away from the cafe. So we're like, oh, well, he knows where we're going. We'll, we'll see him there. And I start picking it up a bit. And Phil's like on my wheel. And I'm thinking, Jesus, this guy's like 67 years old. Either A, he's really fit for his age. Or two, he's about to have a heart attack at any minute. And I'm like egging him on. Come on, Phil. Yeah. Don't let me get away. Don't let me get away. If I drop you, I ain't waiting for you. And uh, he's like hanging in there, hanging in there. And then uh, we get to the cafe. He's uh, he's like with a bit of a burn up up the last hill to get there. It's all good. We wait until Nathan gets there. Nathan's like, you haven't any food? I'm thinking, well, I'm trying to be good before the race. I don't want to have too much uh, bad stuff. And anyway, Nathan's like bonking already. So he gets like this massive sandwich uh, and stuff. Bearing in mind, the last bit from that, this place is, you know, that road where me and you did that effort, which takes like 35, 40 minutes. It's a little bit up up yeah, and down, yeah. a bit twisty. So it's the, ta- it's the mm-hmm. town literally just before that roundabout. So in about three minutes, we're going to be pushing the pace a bit more. So he has bloody massive coffee, big old sandwich. You know, them sandwiches that you get at a cafe, which are like on like absolutely pumped up, aren't they? And a cake. And he's just had two Morton gels. And I'm like, mate, you're going to be, uh, you ain't going to bonk on the way back. Um, but you're going to be feeling that. And uh, unfortunately, the sandwich mate took him down. And I think uh, he was feeling the effects. Uh, and uh, yeah, he didn't manage to hang on for that bit. But yeah, he hadn't been out for a while. And uh, I think he was absolutely blowing on that. But that's going to make you feel really lightheaded if all of a sudden you eat like a long time, nothing, and then like shit loads, then on the bike, going to feel a bit dizzy at first before it starts to like settle in. He was definitely, definitely feeling the fire. His missus said that he uh, smashed a load of food when he got home as well. So I reckon he probably burned 2,000 calories on the ride and ate 4,000 calories. <laughs> anyway, um, everyone, before we're heading off, um, if you're still. Um, with regards to like the uh, the triathlon mockery uh, kit, cycling kit, running top, or a tri suit, if you want to get some, send me a message. Um, it's actually till like Monday. I'm sending everything in uh, last bits in for Monday uh, to watch uh, Castelli. Yeah, let, let Tom then, know. Uh, or it's close. Let me know. Let me know. And also, if you didn't hear anything from me, I've been off for uh, like a while, and uh, uh, sometimes these messages like flip and disappear on the gram. So uh, just shoot me a message. Anyway, Joe, uh, it was good chatting to you. Make me proud on, uh, when is it, Saturday? Is, is the race being live streamed? Yeah. 
Uh, the race is on Sunday, mate, right. and yeah, it is live streamed. I think it will start about 2.30, 3.30 uh, European time and probably 1.30 or 2.30 uh, UK time. So, yeah, you'll be able to watch it. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been feeling pretty good. So, fingers crossed to have a good one. I'll be uh, I'll be following you. Give uh, give the doc some support on the live chat and uh, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And we'll see you back next week. We're gonna be back next week, Joe. Promise me that. Oh, just before we go quickly, yeah, I'm definitely gonna be back next week. And I just want to say the beer mile is definitely happening. It's probably gonna be about three four p.m. Uh, time out here day after the race. I'm gonna set a route up next to the river, two hundred meters out, two hundred meters back, and you can do the beers. I'll post some. I'll tell Tom the details. Uh, to post up but it is going to be about 3 or 4 p.m time and then if anyone fancies it we'll head out for some food like head back to where you're staying get a shower get changed and then we'll head out for some food on the monday after the race so just to let you know because i've had a lot of messages from people asking about it. it's definitely going to happen all right nice one see you mate see you later bye bye